Hello, brewery fanatics, and welcome back for another episode of Brewery Travels. I'm your host, Joel Geyer, otherwise known as Brewery Travels on social media. Today, we are going to Louisville, Kentucky to discuss the beer scene there. And as always, I have two amazing guests with me, Kevin and Michael. And we will get started off with a brief intro about what got you into beer and how you are part of the beer community. Uh, Kevin, you can lead us off. Okay, thanks, Joel. Um, I, you know, when when I was a kid, I, I got my first beer when I, I cut the grass for my very first time. And my dad gave me a little pony of uh, Miller High Life. And it was the best tasting thing I ever had in my life. That was my reward. And so I became a beer fan then. And I got into craft beers uh, in the early 90s. And I always sort of dreamed of being a, a writer, a beer writer. You know, um, I was always been a writer all my life. And so when the opportunity came, when craft beer started becoming a thing, I started writing about it and uh, started a, a blog and started writing for local and national publications. And I ended up writing a, a book about Louisville beer history. And so that's kind of what's ingrained me. And that's how I met Michael. I mean, honestly, uh, he's, he's a, a, a leader now in the, in the local craft beer industry. And, and so he and I've worked together on many projects and, and that's, you know, it's Louisville's, Louisville's uh, craft beer scene is rising, and I'm happy to be a part of it, and I'm happy that Michael's leading it. Yeah, I mean, it pretty much sounds like uh, I've got the dynamic duo of Louisville beer uh, on, on tonight. So, uh, Michael, <laughs> well, that, uh, he, he invited me, so I feel honored that he <laughs> said I was worthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, 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 if anybody's worthy, it's you. Um, all right, but before I get into my past and, and whatnot, uh, Joel, repeat after me. Louisville. Louisville. There you go. All right, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I, no, is... I, I assume, yeah, yeah. I, I... It's actually Louis, Louis, the, King Louis the Ninth, Louisville, yeah. but yeah, we, we pronounce it Louisville. Louisville. He's not having that, yeah. Yeah. It's L. I'm a historian. It's Louisville. Whatever. All right, go ahead. Um, go ahead, Michael. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I'm I'm uh, 30 now, uh, but I would say so. I'm, so I'm still pretty fresh into the the, the craft beer scene. Um, I would say I could actually trace my roots to craft beer back to um, Tinder, probably. Uh, you know, seven years ago, probably seven six years ago, uh, I was I was dating somebody that was uh, a uh, a bartender, and then she became a distributor. And she was also just like introducing me to all these different types of beers. And, you know, at the time I was like, Anderson Valley, what is this shit? And I was like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a goes, goza. What, what is a sour <laughs> beer? Why, why, why do people drink this sour beer? Um, and so I, I just got really like fascinated by the culture behind it. So I, I was introduced to a lot of people uh, through her at an, at an early age. Uh, and then I obviously became uh, a, a sucker and got absorbed into the cult of craft beer. Um, and uh, then I was just like, well, why isn't Louisville being talked about more in the country? So that, that's where I'm kind of at now these days. Yeah, well, I, I don't yeah. think I, I think that's the, I always ask that to start off the podcast. I think that's the first time Tinder has been mentioned um, as what got you into <laughs> craft beer. So there's a first time for everything, I guess. Uh, but let's go ahead and dive in here and uh Kevin, you already mentioned your book that, you know, I often like to start with history and people may yeah. not realize just how rich of a brewing past Louisville has. So 
Yeah. In fact, you know, I actually, when I visited Akasha back in 2017, um, I mm-hmm. actually had, I believe it's pronounced. This is there. Akasha right now. I'm at Akasha right now. Oh, hey, oh, yeah. cool. There you go. I wonder where well, you were. Well, anyway, I was saying that I had um, fairs, and that's one of the historical beers that they they now brew there. So, <laughs> uh, Kevin, since you wrote the book, we'll start with you. Could you describe some of what makes Louisville's past brewing special and how it has helped shape the scene today? Well, German people made the past, and so. Back in the 1830s, 40s, uh, Germans began to migrate to America in mass, uh, escaping a lot of bad stuff. But we didn't have lager beers until that point. And so they brought that. They brought that style of brewing, and they brought, you know, uh, beer gardens and so many different cultural things. And, and to me, and they really made that happen. Before that, people were making beer at home, mostly. There were only a couple of breweries prior to that. And then suddenly there were 75, 80 breweries by the you know the 1880s, 1890s. Uh, there was a, in every neighborhood, there were several breweries. And so what happened from, from there is that they created a, a style of beer that is original to Louisville. And we'll probably talk about that at length later. That's something that Michael and I both have an interest in. I won't go into that now, but Louisville became a, a brewing sort of in the southeast. It became a, like a, a hub of brewing. There were a lot of large breweries. It was we were competing with Milwaukee at that time. We were competing with Cincinnati. We were competing with St. Louis. Um, Prohibition changed all that, and they 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 got to some of the technology before us. But we we were a very rich brewing culture uh, for a long, long time, for many, many years. And so that's that's what I researched for the most in, my, in the book that I wrote. Um, and, I, and it's, I'm so glad it's come back. Yeah. No, I think I think that's, you know, that, that's one thing that's been discussed is that there are several kind of historical styles in other parts of the country too that have been making this resurgence. So, uh, Michael, do you have anything to add with yep. that in terms of the kind of the history of brewing there? Um, well, a little bit. Uh, so I admit, I fully in- intended to take this 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 uh, interview tonight from my house, uh, but I was stopping at Akasha on my way home, and uh, it just so happened that they had, uh, within the last couple of days, tapped their, their fairs cheer, uh, mm-hmm. which was a Kentucky Common. Um, and is a Kentucky yeah. comedy. It's so good. And, and so good. I, I was convinced to right. and drink that's, the beer tonight. Well, I just mentioned, yeah. No, and that's that's the beer I was mentioning, is that that's the beer oh, that was yeah, invented yeah, yeah. here by German brewers. And it was it was the, I think, 80% of people by 1880, 1890, 80% of people here were drinking that beer that he's drinking now. Yep, yeah. exactly. And yep. so at that point, uh, you know, tonight I was like, well, this is very serendipitous. I will just hang out here and do this call tonight as long as, you know, the, the, the internet and the audio and everything works out well. So I was like, yeah. can I just like go back in the corner and do this in the, in the, in the brewery? And it was, it was all good. Um, yeah, man. Like I'll like the, the Kentucky common is so much tied to Louisville. Um, it's just, it's just such a cool story to me. Uh, I, you know, it, it's something that we as Kentuckians don't talk about enough. And certainly isn't talked about in the nation enough, but it is 
literally one of two indigenous beer styles native to the United yeah. States. Um, everything yeah. else, everything, everything you drink, IPA, Porter, Pilsner, Kolsch, like it, it's, it's all coming from somewhere. It all originated somewhere else. And so yeah. Kentucky has a beer that we've been able to claim for over, over a century, mm -hmm. uh, well yeah. over a century. And it's, it's here. It's ours. 150 years. Right, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Let's claim it. It's and, ours. And yeah. it's, it's ours. And, and yeah, and that's, and it's, and it's delicious. And it's, it's now it's internationally recognized, you know, they're there. It's an internationally recognized beer style, um, you know, in, 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 in competitions, you know, in any beer competition, common. And that was, that all started here. Yeah, no, I mean, and that, that's, it's a style that I think I've heard more of um, in, in, the these past years uh is something that has become uh more of a thing uh, and so so moving on now is that i know it may seem a little cliche but i do want to talk about bourbon because unless you are a craft beer fanatic and even then you know most likely the first type of alcohol you think of when someone mentions kentucky is a certain barrel aged distilled liquor and so what is the right. relationship like between those two beverages and does the presence and popularity of bourbon uh, influence the beer scene in Louisville, Michael? Uh, I, I would say no. We we actually don't embrace a barrel culture as much as I think that we should. Mm -hmm. uh, as a community, Kevin, you might disagree. I, I don't know. But um, in general, bourbon is its own thing. Beer is its own thing. We might like each other's product. But, you know, I was, so for example, I, I, I recently had the, the privilege to go to Alaska and I was in Fairbanks and I went to this brewery there um, and there was a room, literally just a room like I'm in right now, filled with bullet barrels that they were like aging product in. There aren't a lot of breweries that like that here in, in, in Louisville even that embrace barrel culture as much as I think that we should. Um, for for better or worse, but like you, you think that you would, but for some reason we don't. I agree with you, Michael. I mean, I, you know, uh, against the grain has a barrel room. It's not that big, but they, you know, they release Bo and Luke every year. They have their own barrel products. Um, there are a couple others around town that, that do this. And, you know, honestly, Derek and uh, the, the Kentucky Guild of Brewers is, is really trying hard to, to make that a thing. They're working with new riff every year, but I agree with you. There could be a lot more of that going on um, because the barrels are here and they're available if you seek seek them out. I mean, I. But but like Kentucky Common does have a relationship with with bourbon in that there are several ingredients that are common: corn, barley. You know, you could literally you could make a Kentucky Common and distill it and turn it into bourbon. It's that closely aligned. You know, limestone water is a thing for both beer and and bourbon, and so are barley and corn. So in that way, they're very much aligned. But I agree with Michael that we don't, the brewers here don't really embrace that as much as I think they could. And, and I might be, you know, you know, I might be speaking out of turn or going off to a different topic completely. But I will say that there are some people here in the last couple of years that have moved to Louisville that are from other cities, beer people. And they will they will tell me like, hey, this place is 
awesome. Like we have a great beer community here. We have a great spirits community here. But where I come from, the spirits community and the, the beer community, we interact as one hospitality group. That doesn't happen here. For whatever reason, we're really alienated. Yeah. I've had the pleasure. I've had the pleasure to yeah. to know the spirits people because of uh, essentially my career and my day job. Um, but for whatever reason, the, the spirits people and the beer people do just don't hang out, and that's something that yeah. I personally want to try to correct. That's really interesting because yeah. I mean you know, I, I think you know yeah sorry go ahead Kevin. No, no, I, I and I write about bourbon a lot too. Uh, right about both. And so, and he's right. He's 100% right. It, it really has not overlapped yet. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Cause like I said, uh, it, it's become a style that is very popular, you know, in the last, it's always been pretty popular with craft beer, but even now more so that feels like a lot more places are doing barrel aging stuff. Even some of the small breweries, even if it's just one or two barrels that they're trying to get something out yeah. there. Uh, so, but again, you learn something new every day. So, uh, and now going back to specifically talking about the breweries, one thing that I noticed when looking at kind of a brewery map is that they're fairly concentrated close to the city and particularly to the eastern yeah. side. And that there's even a group of a half a dozen or so that are within walking distance of each other. So is there any reason yeah. for this? And do you feel that this helps kind of with the beer tourism side of this, Kevin? Well, I think that a lot of the breweries are are sort of condensed around areas that have a lot of the restaurants, a lot of the bars, you know, and so the, the east end of the city is more commercial, more chains. Um, but like I live in a community called Clifton and it's very close to a community called the Highlands and Nulu and Butchertown. And those are the sort of neighborhoods that are easily served, that there are people, the population is there for, for that kind of thing. There are more popping up out in, in the East End and in other parts, but it's going to take a while because that's a different market, different market. I think Michael yeah. probably can speak to that as well. Yeah, Michael, uh, what, what are your thoughts on kind of the brewery layout across the city and how that kind of affects beer tourism uh, for the city? It's it's definitely concentrated yeah. right now. I mean, the, the most popular area of town yeah. uh, is is Nulu slash Butcher Town. And you could do yeah. a, a bar, a bar crawl, brewery crawl and, and hit, you know, six plus breweries, um, which is, you know, a little more than a quarter of the breweries that we have available in the town and in, in the entire city uh, within a mile yeah. and a half radius or so. Um, it, you know, I, I've, people ask me like, Oh, we're, we're overserved. Uh, no, we're underserved. Like Louisville as a metropolitan area is underserved. There are plenty of areas uh, throughout the city mm -hmm. that have no breweries at all. And, and, you know, Kevin right. will get this reference, but until there's a brewery in, in PRP, like there's no reason yeah. for us to say that we're, uh, that we're overserved right. because, and, and I, and I will say, so just to go through some history with Louisville Ale Trail and what we do when we introduce our passport program, uh, which is, you know, collect stamps, get prizes, that kind of thing that we did. When we introduced that a little over a year ago, we, we hand sold those passports. We weren't retailing them out yet. 
it was website sales and like Facebook DMs, however mm -hmm. we could do it. And we would literally just go hand deliver them sometimes if it didn't make sense to do it through the US mail. And we had an idea initially, like, okay, we think that the craft beer population, the people that care about the beer are in these neighborhoods. We couldn't have been more wrong. They were in neighborhoods that didn't have any breweries next to them at all. So these people that were getting our passport programs that were, that were interested in completing the trail, they were traveling probably 20 minutes just to get to the closest brewery. And so until we get to a point to where there's a brewery in those neighborhoods and those communities, this, this city, as awesome as it is, and I do believe it's growing, we have a long way to go still. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. the, the thing for me is thinking yeah. about like with, with with brewery growth a lot of times is that people are, are envisioning, yeah, there may not be room for six more against the grains or, you know, have a another like very like several large regional breweries. But the trend now is moving more towards these more localized neighborhood style breweries where, yeah, you're still getting people coming through and passing through, but you're predominantly serving the neighborhood that you're in and you're serving locals yes. because that's what breweries used to, that's what breweries used to be, you know, yes. pre-prohibition and everything. So and that's, that's something that when people yeah. view these numbers and saturation and all that kind of stuff is that in reality, depending on what types of breweries you're looking to open, there still is, is certainly room for growth and in Louisville and in many other cities as well. Yep. And I, I call those the cockroaches of the beer industry. Because the little bitty breweries that serve their neighborhood are going to last far beyond the ones that have invested into big production facilities. And they're paying all this overhead. I'm telling you, the little breweries are the ones that are going to survive. And that's in, and you're exactly right, Joel. It goes back to the 1880s and the neighborhood brewery and, and, and the ones you can walk to. Mm -hmm. well, they're the ones and, with, and the, with the... Five barrel, ten barrel breweries, yeah, brew houses. Well, and, and to a certain extent, we've seen it. To a certain, you know, there are certainly breweries that are having success still, you know, distributing and increasing their footprint with where they're sending their beer. But in many regards, yep. you know, this isn't necessarily the '90s or early aughts where there right. wasn't the same push for drinking local. There wasn't the same amount of local competition in every city that these small local breweries that are just trying to serve their neighborhood, you know. They're obviously not going to necessarily have the largest profits, but they're also taking on a lot less risk in and, some right. times. In the race, we have the, seen the, in the last yeah. several years, we've seen some of these breweries try to expand beyond regional, go national, opening up multiple locations, and then having to close those locations, reel uh -huh. back in their distribution, and having lots of issues with that. So my my next question is one that I feel you guys have kind of already addressed, but I'm curious to see if there's anything else or if you could elaborate on some of the points you've already made. Uh, Kevin, we can start with you. If you could change one thing about Louisville's craft beer scene, what would it be? And this could be just a change in addition, subtraction, uh, whatever whatever you would like. Um, I, just what Michael talked about earlier, investing in other neighborhoods. I would mm -hmm. love to see uh, a, a brewery in PRP, in Shively. You know, uh, I would love to see a, a brewery down near Churchill Downs you know, on Berry Boulevard or down on, you know, down on 3rd or 4th Street. You know, we've got a few little restaurants down there. Uh, let's, let's get a brewery down there. How great would that be when when Churchill Downs is the center of the world 
in May, how great would that be? You know, but we yeah. don't have that yet. Yeah. And so, no, I totally somebody agree. got to think that's that's opportunity. That's what I yeah. would change. Yeah. Uh, Michael, what are your thoughts? Uh, I agree with Kevin. Uh, obviously, I mean, yeah, if we can get a brewery next to Churchill Downs during Derby time, when that is literally what the world thinks of us, that and KFC, um, like <laughs> that is that is what we need to what that's what we need to do. Uh, in addition to that, we have for some reason, you know, there's a little brother syndrome with with bourbon, and bourbon's great. Yes. Bourbon, bourbon is built the state, uh, but for some reason or another, we just like take the back seat. And it, whereas we need to take more ownership, it's like, dude, without beer, without a beer product, literally without the preliminary <laughs> beer uh, recipe, you don't have bourbon. So like, yeah. you have to make, make yeah. beer to make bourbon. Bourbon so starts it, with beer, literally. Right. It so starts there, with beer. There's this, there's this little brother syndrome. And I, I will yeah. give a shout out to city and state officials who have over the last you know year to embrace the idea of beer more than they've ever have before like that that's without a doubt everybody's starting to realize that the trend is going that way they can't just put all their eggs in the bourbon basket they have to realize that okay craft beer is awesome uh louisville we've we've expanded uh like three times as many breweries in the last five years um, mm -hmm. and so there's something going on here that we need to pay attention to. Um, so I'm not blaming anybody specifically. I'm just saying that like, we need to realize that, Hey, there's a seat at the table for us. Let's take it. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, I think that's great. Let's marry uh, them. And, Let's marry yeah. them you know, as much as we can. Yeah. Uh, and so we will be right back to talk more about the Louisville craft beer scene with Kevin and Michael right after a quick word from a sponsor. Fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state or province yet, you can still get in on all the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And we are back with Kevin and Michael to talk more about the Louisville, Kentucky beer scene. Hopefully I pronounced that closer to right michael for you uh that time and michael i i know you yeah <laughs> we're gonna have this debate rage on and on between kevin and michael i think for the rest of the show um michael and I are going to to 
Or uh, Michael, I know that you've already talked some about the Louisville uh, Ale Trail. So can you kind of talk more about how that actually came to fruition for you and also where you kind of see that going uh, in the future? Oh, yeah. Originally, uh, I can tell you exactly when and where I was. It was uh, early 2019. I was visiting a friend's brewery in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, I looked up and... uh, I saw, oh, there's a Dayton Ale Trail. That's interesting. So I was like, okay, I don't know anything about Dayton breweries. It might be a better scene than Louisville's. Well, it turns out they're at, it's a smaller city. Dayton, Ohio is a smaller city than Louisville, Kentucky. And they had, at the time, just as many breweries as, as Louisville did at the time. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. Why don't we have that? Because we have a Kentucky Bourbon Trail, and then we also have a urban bourbon trail which is part of you know just really just the louisville metro area louisville, so, yeah. and so i was really confused like why is this city in ohio no you know no offense to dayton but like why is this random city <laughs> you know priding itself on beer more than louisville is um and and there were attempts by the city at the time to do uh, a brewery passport system actually uh, and uh, for one reason or another, it never actually came to fruition. Uh, I remember in 2016, I think, I actually went to a press conference in which a an ill trail was yeah. being announced. But it literally nothing happened. Like, it was just, hey, we're announcing this. There's a big map. Look at this. How cool. And there was... I was involved problem. in that, Michael. I was involved in that, and it never went anywhere. And it was yeah. the mayor's yeah. office that made it not happen. I was involved in yeah. planning all that and I've still got documents from that. And like, it just fell by the wayside and they never asked me for another. I mean, I was, I wanted so badly for it to happen. So I'm just, I'm yeah, so like, glad that you're doing this now. I, yeah. yeah. I remember, I, I remember that, that it was hosted at the old fall city facility. The, the dudes from yep. uh, great flood were involved and up there for the press conference. Yep. It's like, Oh, this, this is cool. Didn't go anywhere. Um, and, yep. and so, you know, I, I, I roped in a couple of other uh, dudes, uh, David and John, who were involved in the beer scene in their own ways. So at the time I had worked at, you know, I've, I've worked at Goodwood, at Kasha, Louisville Beer Store. Louisville Beer Store is probably where I give like the most credit to as far as beer knowledge goes, because that place, it's no longer around, unfortunately, but um, it, it was definitely, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be where I, I am without it. Um, but, uh, you know, at, at the time I was like, why aren't we doing anything? So I roped in David and John, David, uh, has done Kentucky beer network, uh, John Ronane, uh, he owns the, the local homebrew shop that all the brewers go to. Um, it's like, if we're going to do something, let's just do something together. Cause we're all kind of doing our own thing right now. Let's combine forces. Um, so that kind of launched officially uh as a passport program in january of 2020 unfortunate timing um uh and then yeah thanks covid uh and then uh we uh started getting some traction in october of 2020 for a global beer week which is something that we also run um so a little over one year later to to get back to your question uh, where I see this going is the city's embracing it. Independent businesses are bra- embracing it. We've got uh, different 
you know, hotel chains looking at us and saying, hey, we want to work with you. We've got uh, the, the Chamber of Commerce. Hey, we want to work with you. Can you connect us with, with uh, XYZ breweries, uh, please? So we, we've become an organization in which we can do B2B and then also B2C with the consumer and saying, hey, uh, we have this video content for this, uh, for this beer that's being released. It's really goofy. Uh, we have a podcast now, Kentucky Commons Radio Hour, named after the you know Kentucky Common Beer Cell, of course. Uh, so we're we're having fun with it, but we're also kind of taking it seriously too, realizing that like there's an opportunity here where uh, there wasn't before. That's that's awesome. I I love the the initiative that it took to kind of get that off the ground because obviously you know you see these kind of things in a lot of cities, but in most cases it takes someone having the initiative to start it. Uh, you know, to be able to do it. So kudos to you, Michael, for, for being able to, to get that off the ground. And also to you, Kevin, for working to get it, uh, you know, something along the lines of that earlier, even if they unfortunately put, you know, hurdles and kind of halted it before it got I going. tried, man. Uh, I sat in the mayor's yeah. office. I literally sat next to the mayor and said, we need to do this, this, and this. And it, it just didn't oh. happen. I mean, I thought I was and, making and, a difference. And, you know, th this, this won't mean anything to, to anybody beyond this entire, like just me and Kevin, I guess, but like, I think John King was also on on that committee. Yeah, John was. Yeah, yeah. he got me on the committee. Yeah, and he's so the one who suggested I, I'd be on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, John deserves credit. Yeah. Uh, yep. Hashtag buy Drunkwood. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know Roger Baylor was involved. Roger Baylor in this community in in this Louisville area community back in, into the late eighties. He well, was first to it. He's the one who taught me about beer, you know, and now he yeah. now is the beer director at a place called Pints and Union, and they're about to open a German restaurant uh, nearby uh, called Common House, which I cannot wait to visit. I, I can't. It's going to be so good. I can't, can't wait. German beers, German food. Can't wait. That sounds so, yeah. delicious. They're, they're, they're the OGs. I'm, I'm not the OG. They are, you know. Yeah. Well, I think you guys also kind of answered my my earlier question, but if you want to elaborate on this style, uh, I always ask, is there a specific beer or, if you want to be more broad, beer style that you feel best represents Louisville, Kevin? It's Kentucky Common, and that's yep. what Michael needs to get another pour of uh, while we talk about this. <laughs> can you get some? Can you get Sharice or someone to bring you another, uh, whoever's working the bar, to bring you another one? <laughs> I mean, come on! You need to have another one. There we go. Let's now let's follow Michael. Uh, it is the OG beer of Kentucky, and no one really knows who invented it. It was a product of what's available. You know, okay. corn and barley were available in Kentucky, and so these German brewers came here, and they, you know, lager beer takes took weeks, still takes weeks. And they were like, we need something to get to the to the population faster. So they decided to make an ale. And yeah. Kentucky Common is a is a cream ale. It's a dark looking beer, but it drinks like a lighter beer and usually loves it. And that's yeah. why Michael's getting another one. Or is trying to get another one if he can get served. Um yeah. but it's a thing that that disappeared for a long, long time. And then luckily there were brewers who were smart enough to, to look into the annals and find the old recipes and find the traditions. And so now 
we can go to a cottage, we can go to Falls City, and, and there, there are breweries all over America making this this style. That's what's yeah. great. Would you say when when it did is, it it's become of, a thing? It's got it's it's got its own legacy. Would you say is there was there a certain time period? Any luck, when you really saw it kind of coming back from from probably eighteen seventy to prohibition. It was prevalent, disappeared for a long time, and yeah. I think that New Albanian was the, maybe the first one to bring it back. Okay, um, they called there's there was they made one called. Phoenix Rising back in the 90s. I think that was the okay. first one to come back. Uh, yeah. And then there was uh, Against the Grain made one. And then Apocalypse Brewworks actually had an original recipe from 1912 that they made for a while. Oh, interesting. Well, Michael, now that you're back, is yeah, they actually you were are. able like, they may not be able to see the video, but Michael just went and got himself another pour of it. Um, uh, would you, I'm assuming that you agree with the Kentucky common kind of being the beer that best represents uh, the local beer scene there. Yes. I mean, so obviously we still, we still have to rely on the national trends. I mean, we were doing, you know, the brute IPAs in 2019. Uh, we were doing hazies and, you know, brute IPA. Barrel it. yeah, like, yeah, dude. Brewed IPAs in 2019. I actually wish that would have become the trend that people predicted that it would would have been because I I love brewed IPAs, uh, but for whatever reason it kind of died out uh, as quickly as it came. Um, no, so so Kentucky Common is something that I think it, we can naturally own. Is it something yeah. that people want? The answer is probably no because they don't know what it is. Um, and, and that's where I am trying to build a gap with the education. Like, hey, this is something that we can own. This is something that you and your parents can enjoy. Uh, it's it's a dark cream ale. I, I don't even think we've really talked about it yet, but like it's 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 an easy drinking uh, beer. Like it looks a little dark, but it's as light as a lager. Like it's so easy to drink. Uh, yeah. You can pound them. Uh, even in the in like the, the hottest days of the summer, they're still great and delicious. Yeah, um, it looks dark, but it drinks light. And to me, it's like a, a my one of my breakthrough beers was Bass Ale. To me, it's very similar to a Bass Ale. It's not yeah. the same, but it's similar in body. A Bass Ale was something that I could always drink, no matter what the temperature, no matter what the mood. You know, to me, it's similar to that, and I, that's going back a long time because. When's the last time I was, you saw a bass sale anywhere? Doesn't exist anymore around here. But that one is, yeah, it's it's the perfect beer. But Michael, I I think it is. I'm not disagreeing with you. What I'm saying is, it is it is a it's an educational moment for someone in Kentucky who doesn't know what it is. To me, it's an right. educational moment. You know, yeah. it's like, it's drink here, here try this. Exactly. Because like we we are drinking the 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 fruited variant kettle sours and the any IPAs like everybody else in the country. Yes, but this is literally something that we can own and take part of and be proud of. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Slow, slowly but surely, you know, we are. Uh, I would also I'm going to be a, a, a total shill, uh, not for any personal gain, but just more of a, <laughs> a, a per, per, personal pride. Um, Underberg, man, uh, for some reason, <laughs> Underberg in Louisville, 
I, I don't know if this is the case uh, anymore, but uh, two years ago, at least, Underberg was the number one, or rather Louisville, was the number one market for Underberg in North America. Uh, so for That's those that crazy. don't know about it, Underberg is a, uh, is a digestif. Uh, so it tastes like licorice and clove. It's, it's great for uh, after you know, too many beers or after a, a good meal. That's their tagline. Um, just a small shot. You know, so if you if you're not accustomed to it, I am personally just like a big advocate for them. Again, not for personal gain, just more of a nerd. Like I'm a nerd <laughs> about it. Uh, and so Louisville is uh, is big into Underberg as well uh, as Kentucky. Comics. Michael, what's the alcohol content in Underberg? Okay, so what's it's the like alcohol? 40, so it's it's so it's forty percent, but like Jesus it's Christ! <laughs> but 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 listen, it, it it's a it's a twenty milliliter <laughs> bottle. So I know, I you're know. Not gonna get, you're not going to get drunk off of it, but uh, but but it's, right. it's more of a like. No, I've, uh, I've I've had it many times. I just don't like it. But when someone buys me one, I'm going to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so um, that, yeah, you may, Michael, <laughs> Michael, you may have bought me one at some point. I don't remember, but I'm I've had people buy it. them for me, and I'm like, I'm always going to drink it, but I don't really like it. So, cute. <laughs> to you for for going to bat for underberg (laughs) well now moving on i think one uh the next topic is going to be kind of looking at some uh individual breweries and i always ask this to kind of end the podcast and and i phrase it in a way so that i know especially michael i know i'm sure you work with all the you know the different breweries in the area and i don't want to get you in trouble so what are three kind of personal favorite breweries for one reason or another that you would just like to give a shout out to and give some shine to uh, that you feel just do a really great job there. Uh, so, so I admit I'm a little biased towards the area that I can drive to and that's, that's mm-hmm. Louisville in general. So I live in an, <laughs> so I live in an area town where I can actually get to a lot of those breweries that we talked about earlier, how they're all kind of conglomerated together. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm going to do this diplomatically, but also honestly, um, Monic. Monic is my neighborhood brewery. They are good for beer. They're good for food. Uh, they are the quintessential neighborhood brewery. They're they're fantastic. Um, next, I would go with Chimera. They're a uh, a vegan brew pub. Uh, Vigrits is the name of the of the vegan restaurant. I'm not vegan. Uh, but they have great stoner food. I don't know if that's the, I don't know if they want to call themselves stoner food, but like, that's honestly what I think they are. Um, uh, they, they released a, a, a beer recently called Sugar Plum, which is a barrel aged plum sour, which is just delicious for the holiday season. So shout out to Chimera. Uh, and then, you know, Gravely, they're also kind of within the, the the neighborhood. I guess they would be in the, I guess they're Highlands, not Phoenix Hill, but Highlands. Well, that's debatable, whatever. Um, they make- It's great, Phoenix Hill to me, but whatever, yeah. Yeah, they, they make actually great, just classic styles. They're underrated as yeah. far as beer styles go. That's a, that's a German um, brewery. They yeah, make great German yeah. beers, yeah. It, it's it's a German brewery, but people don't know it as a German brewery. But honestly, you can go right. there, 
and get like just a classic style and they yeah. serve it to you, you'd be you'd be so happy to have it. Uh, whereas other people would go there for their for their music or their trivia and just have a good time. Like it's definitely like an every yeah. person brewery. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard to pick three, but those would be my three just to give a shout out to how I'm feeling this weekend. Yeah, I know, and it can change all the yeah. time. But uh, uh, Kevin, what would your response be? Well, I'm I'm gonna start with Monic as well because mm-hmm. their IPA is my favorite one in the city, and maybe my favorite favorite one. Period. Um, the food is fantastic. The atmosphere is fantastic, and we just we just lost. I want to shout out to Scott Hand, who was the, the head brewer there from the time they opened. It was a great human being, and he, he just passed away a few months ago. And it was a huge, huge loss to to the Louisville brewing community and the Louisville community in general. Yeah, and I spent a lot of time sitting there and talking to scott about life and music and you know this this guy was he was just a renaissance dude man he was so great and so i have so many great memories in monic that i've got to put that up front um i love all i love all agree that, that gravely has a cool man the bar back at gravely is just vintage unique I don't think there's anything else like that in America. I can't that I've ever heard of. It's unique. Bravely in, in the in their beer garden is as a historian, you know, I there two tunnels in entrances to tunnels, and those were part of Phoenix Brewing Company that existed back in the eighteen hundreds into the early nineteen hundreds. And it was the biggest brewery in the city with the biggest beer garden in i think america it was a huge huge thing for louisville in the day and that's the remnants of that and there is a building on the corner right by the brewery is the last remaining building from that brewery so historically i have a real connection to that place um man other than that it's like it's hard for me to pick anything else as a third if you need to shout out if you, I go you need to, to shout out a couple others that's okay i'm gonna shout out apocalypse my neighborhood brewery. They've got the fallout shelter. And it's a it's literally like a, a five seat, six seat tap room with a I call it it's it's a concrete beer garden. There literally is barbed wire around the fencing. I always have referred to it as a it's like a being in a prison yard but with beer. <laughs> and and it's it's Friendly regulars, picnic tables. It's the most basic neighborhood brewery you'll ever find. Go there a couple times. Third, Joel, yeah. if, if if you permit me, I'd like to ask Kevin a question. Yeah, just to just to save ourselves, I guess, for a second. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, what, what is what is a brewery that you don't go to enough that you wish you did? Probably Akasha. I love Akasha. I, I go to Fall City more than I go to Akasha, and I should split it up. I also love West Sixth Mulu. Um, you know, I, I just I, I, like I said, I love them all. But I have a yeah. I have a soft spot for Akasha because of fairs. What you're drinking right now, I love Akasha. I should go there more, and I don't, and I feel bad. And now I want to go to Akasha tomorrow. 
because what about you, you guys... Michael? <laughs> what about you, Michael? What's one that you wish that you went to more often? Uh, Holesopple. Holesopples in uh, in the in the Linden neighborhood. So therefore, it's, it's just beautiful. slightly out of reach for me. But yeah. if I lived there, I'd be going there every night because mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. so it's so accessible for the neighborhood. They do make good beer. Uh, they're unfortunately for me just in a part of town that if if there's traffic, especially in the holiday season, oh, it's I terrible. I don't, yeah. I don't want to be in part of at but, all. Uh, but what a beautiful place! And there's a there's a drive-through sushi place right by it. You can go and get sushi. And go eat the sushi at the bar at Whole Sopple. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah, to go sushi is so good. Yeah. To go sushi is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would like to thank Kevin and Michael so much for coming on to talk about the great beer scene in uh, Louisville. It's been now it's been four years since I've been there. My goodness, now that I calculate the years. So I definitely need to make a return trip. Uh, at some point well, and, and, and look us that. up. I went well, to a handful of breweries, but I definitely need to get back for more. We'll get together at Akasha and have yeah, some cookie comedy. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, to kind of wrap things up here, uh, if you guys have any other final thoughts and conclusions, otherwise uh, give a shout out to the way people can reach out to you. If they are looking for any additional uh, recommendations, uh, Michael, you can lead us off with this. Yeah, man. Uh, I would just say uh, look up Louisville Ale Trail. We have the passport program ready to go. Uh, you can find it in most uh, of the tap rooms around Louisville, but then also some other uh, beer bars or people that kind of pride themselves in their craft beer list um, around the city. Uh, or you can find us online at www.louisvilleilletrail.com. And Kevin? You can follow me at uh, kevingibsonrider.com. Um, you can buy my books there. Um, you can also, I blog almost daily. I write about beer and restaurants and bourbon and Louisville culture. So yeah, come visit me, please. If, if you live in Louisville and you don't own a single Kevin Gibson book, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> they need to rectify that. So, Michael, I well, owe you a beer now. <laughs> I've owed you a beer for a while, but I probably owe you another one. Thank you, sir. And if you are a new listener to the podcast, you can find me on Twitter at Brewery Travels, Instagram at Brewery underscore Travels. You can also go to my website, thebrewerytravels.com, where there are articles, links to the podcast, uh, links to be able to buy some Brewery Travels merch, et cetera, et cetera. And once again, I want to thank Kyle and Michael so much for coming on. It was great getting to hear more about the local craft beer scene. And remember, whether it's where you're living or where you're visiting, be sure to drink local everywhere. Cheers, everyone. I've been walking around.